Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. The NBA's Final Four is now set. We'll get to that in our number two. The road to the Final Four begins this weekend for the SU lacrosse team. We'll be joined by the four-time All-American Rick Beardsley in about a half hour from now to preview the Syracuse-Cornell first-round matchup. Rick will be a part of the broadcast team that day for the Cuse game on the TV side of things. Will he request theme music like he does with Brent for ESPN on Sunday night? My guess is no. I think he knows his spot right now. He's, he's he done a few of these games. He knows his place. Maybe if he gets more and more comfortable. Okay. Um, he does it every Saturday, too, on the Upstate Lacrosse Show. He he hates the music, wants uh, different music, as you, you know. Have, you have new music. We do. Yes. Thanks to you? No. Thanks to Paulie? Yes. Rick you, will be very pleased. You have new music. I'll let you break the news to him. He's going to be very pleased. He's been talking about this for like two years. I think they came from suggestions that Rick made. Okay. So I would hope he likes it. All right. He will be thrilled. Uh, I'll let you break the news to him. But again, we'll talk lacrosse coming up in about a half hour from now. I think surprise him on Saturday morning. I think I'll just let him enjoy that with you. Um, I, I think I want to prepare him ahead of time. Because then we'll just end up talking about the music the whole show. We've got a lot You're to right. get to this week. It's NCAA tournament time. A lot of matchups to get to. So I think I'm going to warn him so that he can get it out of his system uh, today. Uh, Rick will be in studio, by the way, on Monday from 12 to 1 o'clock. I know you're off on Monday, Seth, so we're going to talk lacrosse for the first hour on Monday, and then Mike Waters will join us in studio as well to talk some basketball. may have some recruiting news uh, to discuss on Monday, so uh, uh, we've uh, we've got you covered. You take the day off. You enjoy yourself. Right. You're heading home for the weekend, right? I am, yeah. You're going to get to see this. It's Mother's Day. You're going to yeah. get to see the Yankees play. I am. That too. So let's start right there with this team that just continues to find a way to win, and once again last night, found a way to win. Gave up the lead in the seventh, and then Brett Gardner, of all people, in the eighth comes through with the big hit of the game. He's hovering around 200, his batting average. Um, But when things are going this good, it's contagious. And Brett Gardner had two big hits last night, none bigger than the the double that you know he advanced to third on the throw, uh, two RBI double uh, to give him the lead in the eighth. And then Judge adds uh, a moonshot to make it 9-6. And this team has now won 17 of 18. And now has the best record in all of baseball. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable. They it, it seems like they do it a different way every every game, and and um, you know I it it may be getting a little bit repetitive in that hey they're always coming back from behind, and and of these seventeen out of eighteen they've won from uh, they've won coming from behind seventh inning or later five times now, um, and and you know there's something about this team that. Uh, never quite quits, and and I know that that's a really cliched kind of a thing to say, and and it's a really cliched kind of a mentality to look at. But when you look at this team, there there's that there's a a real good example of that never say die attitude. Um, and for me, it reminds me a lot of nineteen uh, of uh, two thousand nine, 
And people right now are saying, hey, it's, you know, 1998 all over again, and this is their best run since then to start the season. And, and yeah, it might be. But it really reminds me of 09. And, and remember, the Yankees had finally missed the playoffs after, you know, 13, 14 years in the playoffs. And they decide, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to make a splash. And they signed CeCe and they signed A.J. Burnett and they signed Mark Teixeira. And they were the preemptive favorites to go win the World Series. And I'm not saying that this team is going to win the World Series, but that team never quit, right? That team never laid down and died. Um, and it felt like they had a walk-off or a come-from-behind win every week. And it continued into the playoffs with, uh, you know, the the game at Yankee Stadium where A-Rod hits a home run to tie it. Mark Teixeira hits a walk-off home run in extra innings. Um, and, and coming back from behind against the Angels uh, on, on a couple errors by Scott Kazmaier. And, and you just you, you look at this team and the way they've won some of these games over this stretch, you get that feeling. There's no reason to think that they will win that game last night with Craig Kimbrell coming in. And yeah, it was set up for them to tie it, right? Brett Gardner essentially just had to put the bat on the ball, and they were going to tie that game at the very least. But you, there, there was no reason to believe they actually were going to win, yet they come away with a win and they get two extra base hits, a triple and a home run in consecutive at-bats off of arguably the best closure in the game right now. You brought up the year 1998. Uh, they started 27-7 and that season, and they went on to, to win the World Series. This team, 26-10. Uh, and 10. Um, That 1998 team won 114 games. Yes. If, if I were to ask you, all right, you've got to put – I don't know, a year's salary on this. Yankees either win 100 games this year, 100 games or more, or less than 100. What are you putting your money on? I think they'll win 100 games. I, I really do. And, uh, you know, it, if possible, I, I think, you know, I, I think the Red Sox and Yankees could both end up at or over 100 wins. Like Wouldn't I, that be fun? I think both of these teams are that good. And, and then it would expose this hilarious thing where one of them is going to be playing a do-or-die one-game playoff uh, in order to advance to probably go play the other one. Uh, you know, it, it's just kind of this hilarious, you know, situation that we've got because of the NBA, because of the MLB playoff system. I think both of these teams could win 100 games. I, I really do. I think that this Yankee team is good enough. I think that this Yankee team in the regular season is certainly good enough. Um, I, I think that they might break offensive records. I think that they might, you know, get to that thousand run plateau, which has not been reached in in twenty or so years. Um, this team looks really, really good right now. Um, and, and over the last game, eight games, Giancarlo Stanton has started to hit more. Uh, you know, you're seeing him hit for more power. Brett Gardner may be coming alive with last night's game. Um, they just need the pitching to hold up, and and. I think that'll remain a question, even though over the last three weeks it's been pretty good. Yeah, I think this team's getting to 100 wins, and there's there's two reasons for that um, beyond everything you just said. Number one, th- the likes of Stanton and Sanchez and Gardner haven't really hit yet. Haven't hit like we know they're capable of hitting. Greg Bird is coming back right. in what about a month or so? They, they expect less than in, that. Yeah, depending on a couple uh, weeks. Yeah. Depending on how his rehab comes along, so he's expected back sometime you know late May, early June. Um, and and oh by the way, the seventeen of of eighteen you know game stretch that that they you know they they keep winning games. They've done it. I know we've talked about it on the show. They've done it against really good teams. They're not going to play the Indians and the Astros and the Red Sox every series. I mean they they have done it against the best in the American League, and you know they're going to get a whole lot of games against you know Twins and, and A's Baltimore. and Rays and Orioles and 
And I, yes, I think this team's getting to 100 wins. Yeah, 17 of 18, and, and as you mentioned, all against good teams. Started with Toronto, who, who has gotten off to a very good start. They'll probably fade, but they've gotten off to a very good start. And then it was Los Angeles, the Angels, and then it was Houston and Cleveland and, and Boston. They had a nine-game winning streak and an eight-game winning streak. The eight-game winning streak that they are currently on, and, and this is not accurate anymore because the Red Sox are now not in first place. Going into every one of those eight games... The team that they were playing was in first place in their division. And they beat them eight straight times. Three against the Astros, three against the Indians, two against the Red Sox uh, to make up for this eight-game winning streak. And, um, yeah, to your point, they're going to go play Baltimore. Baltimore is uh, not yet at 10 wins, right? So for as good as the Yankees are playing and as good as the Red Sox are playing, the, the, the Orioles are that bad. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, really bad. They've got to play the White Sox at some point. They have nine wins. Uh, so they're going to go get some really bad teams. And what they've got to do is they've got to go win those series or sweep those series and not do what they did early in the year, which got them off to a, a middling start, right? They split series with Tampa. They split a series with Baltimore. Um, they've got to go win those series and and sweep those three-game series uh, the rest of the way to to get to that 100 and, and 110 win mark if you can get there. I don't know that this team is built to go beat the Mariners and, and win 116, but 100? Yeah, I think they can win 100. Do we give Brian Cashman enough credit? I mean, you look at this roster, say, three years ago, and it was a bunch of older players, overpaid, things were stale, you didn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. The The farm system was depleted to some degree. And he has flipped this roster going from old and overpaid and stale to young and exciting. And the future looks very bright. Do we give him enough credit? No, I don't, I don't think we do. And, and I think this comes because of, um, I don't want to say his reputation, because I, I don't know that that's the right word for it. But because of what he had and the resources he had early, Right, he comes in in '98, and they already won a World Series. He's the the name the GM in '98. They had already won a World Series, and they had built the best team, uh, you know, record wise of all time to that point. Right, they won 114 games, 125 including the playoffs. And then he had any dollar amount he could ever want for what the next decade plus. And then at some point that faucet shut off a little bit, and you know the the kids came in, and Hank and Hal were like, "All right, let's." Let's calm down here. Like we could be smarter about this, and and the team with the highest payroll hasn't really been successful for in the large part. And I think that when you look at the last three or four, four years, really, and look at how the Yankees have rebuilt this thing, um, it, it's been remarkable because they still haven't gone under five hundred, right? Like they still haven't dipped. Look at the Cubs. Look at the Astros. Um, look at you know the 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 Atlanta Braves and what they're doing now. Um, the Phillies. All these teams that really rebuilt and are, are trying to revamp the Red Sox had awful years, and and most of the time, multiple awful years. And and the Yankees haven't done that. And I think that's what he needs credit for. You know, yeah, he brought in Stephen Drew, who was terrible, and he brought in you know guys like Chris Parmalee to play first base. And and you're like, why are these people on this team? Why why are you doing this? But it was because they were the Yankees, and and like no no Yankee fan in their right mind would have been okay with losing, right? But then three years ago, in, in 2016, 
they kind of were, right? At some point, Yankee fans were like, all right, this isn't fun. We're hovering around 500 the whole time. Like, yeah, it's okay if if the team stinks. And they decide to trade everything off, right? They, tra- they trade uh, their best assets in Miller and Chapman. Um, they, they get back Torres, who's, you know, we're seeing now. They get back Clint Frazier, who we've already seen. Justice Sheffield, who I think will be up by the end of the year. Um, and became a better team when younger guys came up and played. So... I think that he doesn't get enough credit for rebuilding on the fly and not falling below that like 500 mark. I mean they they were competing for the playoffs with Vernon Wells in the lineup, with Alfonso Soriano in the lineup, with you know that kind of a player who probably wasn't a major leaguer at that point in their career. Yeah, certainly not an everyday player, and they were playing every day. And now they're competing for World Series. Came within a game last year, making it to the World Series, and certainly one of the favorites to this point. And again, they just keep finding ways to win. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Got to take our first time out. We'll continue the baseball conversation on the other side. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth, back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Downtown Living Tour, set for Saturday, May 19th, in and around downtown Syracuse. 315-437-7644 as we continue the baseball talking, as well as the Yankees are playing right now, as good as they've got it going. Uh, things not going so well for the team cross town in Queens, the New York Mets. Losers yet again yesterday, falling 2-1 in Cincinnati in 10 innings. They've now lost 8 of 9, 10 of 13. But that isn't even the headline. The headline, in case you didn't see the game yesterday, the New York Mets batted out of order in the first inning. And they say that if you watch enough baseball that you'll see things you've never seen before. I have never seen that at the major league level. Now, it's it's happened. Do you re, do you know the last time that it happened? Wasn't that long 2016. ago? 2016. Yeah. I only know that because of yesterday. You, okay. But I, I was surprised to see that. Yeah. Now, in the National League, I can give a pass to a manager here and there potentially with like a double switch and things get confusing late in the game. Yeah. Okay. And and again, I don't know the ins and the outs of 2016 when the Brewers did it. My guess is it probably involved a double switch. I would think so. Yesterday, they just batted out of order. They <laughs> did the it first, in the first in the inning. First inning. They just, the wrong guy went to the plate. <laughs> they did it in the first inning. I mean, that is something that if you did that in like Little League, yeah, go ahead. The Seth. Brewers batted out of order in the first inning also. Did they? How does that happen? <laughs> well, here's what happened yesterday. Well, I know what here's, happened. But... What happened yesterday is they had the wrong lineup printed out yes, in the dugout. That's a so, problem. So they went and handed in the lineup, and that is the right lineup, and they printed out a different lineup for the dugout to post. So uh, they had their two and three hitters swapped on the one in the dugout, uh, which meant that when they sent it up the way they thought they were supposed to, um, it was wrong. How does that happen? <laughs> you know, I will say funny, it again. You know, the funny thing is I, I was sitting in here, you know, listening to the game, and, and I was getting some stuff done in the office, and I hear as Dribble Cabrera hits a double, I'm not really thinking of anything. Over. Well, no, I'm, I'm not really thinking anything of it. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I want to go. I got to go get a drink. Like, I'm, uh, my mouth is dry. I need, I need some water. I go get some water, and, and Steve, you know how far this is. It's, it's literally two doors down the hallway. Come back, and they're in a commercial break. And I'm like, there's no way somebody got out that fast. 
Right? Like, there's no way that a major league at bat took 30 seconds for me to get from from here to get water and come back. And so I'm so confused, and I, I reload Twitter on my on my computer, and it's like the Mets batted out of order. And I said, and I just say to myself, of course, I picked the worst time to get up and walk away from the desk. I would have loved to hear the explanation on on from Howie and, and Josh. I, I I can't imagine that's an easy thing to explain. And Jim Riggleman was all over it. He yes. goes right out there. He points it out to the home plate umpire. Uh, by the way, the crew chief, uh, Jerry Meals, he's been doing this quite a while, 32 years uh, as a major league umpire. He said he's never seen it before uh, in a major league baseball game. It has happened. Again, the Brewers just did it uh, two years back. The Mets last did it back in 1977. That's something, though, again, at the at the Little League level. Like, if you're 10, you know, th- you would get in trouble for it. Right. Like, little Jimmy, I said that, you know, Dave was batting before. You know, like, yeah. I, I just, I have never seen that at the at the Major League level. But, again. I haven't either. I, I can't believe it happened two years ago. Like, that, that surprised well, that, me. Well, that surprised me. That surprised me. I figured I, it was ages I ago. Right. I would have thought it was longer ago. I would not have thought that it was also in the first inning of a game. Um, although, I, d- I do think that kind of makes sense. Like, in a way. Like, if you're going to bat out of order, there's got to be something really wrong, right? Like, you've got to post the wrong lineup. I feel like the double switch can be confusing. Sure. And, you know... I've seen I've seen new managers mess up a double switch. I'm like, okay, I get it. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Right? Like, I, you could get a pass on that one time. Right. But this, I mean, printing out the wrong... Like, that is... At the major league level, when you have... Like, there, there has to be a system of checks and balances, I would assume, in place... Um, that to me, that is inexcusable. Aaron Boone said before the Yankee game, because of course he was asked about it. Yes. Aaron Boone said he has eight people who make sure the lineup is right. That's what I'm there saying. Are, there are eight different people to make sure that the one, the lineup is right, and two, the right person is going this to This isn't play. like high school where it's like you and like one assistant no, coach, right? I mean, there this are is so many people on a staff. This is the major leagues. That that's what I'm saying. It's inexcusable. For you say it makes sense to happen in the first. Like, I get it if we're talking about like a middle school team that, you know, the guy filled out the Your the, manager isn't keeping the book at right, third base as yeah, the third base. Right. You know what I mean? Like I get yeah. it like at that level, or even in the minor leagues, I guess I can understand it. I, at the major league level, to me, it's it's inexcusable, and it's just kind of a microcosm of what's going on with the Mets right now. They started so fast, and they were so hot, and this th- is why things I have, say, have quickly gone in the other this direction. This is why I say wait until wait Memorial, Memorial Day. You are right. You know, it's 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 you. You just gotta wait. You you just gotta you you gotta give this some time. And and I know that even when the Mets were were going right, we kind of said. You know, hey, if the pitching stays healthy and the pitching, you know, lives up to what we think they can be, like maybe they'll be all right. But it, it doesn't even look like that's the case anymore, right? And I, I know Jacob Degrom got hurt and missed time, and Matt Harvey has been so bad that they cut him, and and you know, th- things of that nature have happened. But you know, Zach Wheeler was great yesterday, and and it still didn't matter. And they got shut down by a pitcher who has an o- who has the worst OPS against uh, in the big leagues. So. I don't. I don't really know what to think of this team anymore. I don't know what to think of this Mets team. I thought they would be better offensively than they are, and and uh, they're not. Yeah, pitching wasn't the problem yesterday. You mentioned Wheeler at one point. He retired twelve batters in a row. Uh, this is a team that started the season eleven and one. Since then, they've gone seven and sixteen since that eleven and one start. And as a result, they went from first place to fourth place in the NL East right now. And again, there's a lot of baseball left to be played. But you do get the sense that it's an important time for the Mets to, yeah. to figure things out because you don't want to fade too deep 
uh, you know, into the the National League East standings, especially when you know the Nationals are going to be really, really good. You don't want them to to get too far away from you. Um, well, you would imagine that the Nationals will get better because they haven't even right. played all that well, right? Exactly to, to this point this year, and and you know they they've got some guys who who are going to be coming back from injury in, in Rendon and and Daniel Murphy. So they, they in theory they should get better. And look, not everybody can do what the Yankees just did and pick up seven and a half games in two weeks, right? Like that that's not normal. That that doesn't normally happen. So that's the that's the pro that's the the thing you worry about. With early season baseball, like I know there's not, I say there's not too much you can take away and there's not too much you can really be concerned about, but you really don't want to fall behind. Uh, you know, like, the, yeah, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, uh, unless you're the Baltimore Orioles, who are 17 games out of first place already. You know, like, well, then there's a lot of baseball to be played and you have no chance. You know, so I think that for some teams, and, and right now the Mets are only three games out, so like, they're still all right, but you don't want to fall too far because. You know, even if you're in the Marlins, eight and a half games back, like that's a lot of ground to make up, um, and, and a lot of teams to have to jump over. That's my point: is that you feel like they're in a little bit of a, a danger zone here. That they started eleven and one, and at the time you said, "Wow, they're ten games above five hundred. If they just play five hundred ball from here, they win eighty plus games. They probably, you know, make a wild card. They're certainly, you know, in the mix uh, at the end of the season to make a wild card. And they've given all that back, right? I mean, they're they're essentially a five hundred baseball team right now. And and you figure the Nationals are going to emerge in that division. Nationals are right ahead of them in the standings just a, a half game up on them the Braves currently lead the division but you would assume that the Nationals you know eventually uh, order will be restored and the Nationals will rise to the top of that division and and this is this is an important time right now for the New York Mets as they hover right around 500 Do yeah, you, yeah I, I mean they, they've got yeah they they've got to kind of step up they look they they played two mediocre teams right they they played the the Rockies. You're who, being who are kind to the well. Reds. Well, the Rockies are playing well, better than I, I thought they were. And then they played the Reds, who might be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, the Reds are not mediocre, and, <laughs> and and they lost two out of three to the Reds. So they're uh, they're not in a good place right now. And they, and they just played the Braves before that, I believe. And, and the Braves, I don't think the Braves are that good, but but you know the Mets uh, Mets got swept by the Braves, so they they've got to figure something out here. Yeah. It's a dangerous time right now uh, for the New York Mets. You, just as we wrap up the baseball conversation, you think the Yankees uh, come up with the sweep tonight? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Um, because I I think that um, this Yankee lineup, as devastating as it is against anybody, is even more so against left-handed pitching. Um, and the uh, the Red Sox are throwing a lefty out there tonight, and I, and I think that that is a a devastating combination because every one of their every one of their big bats is a, is a righty. Uh, I mean, go up and down the lineup: Stanton, Judge, Sanchez, uh, whoever you want to put it first: Walker or Austin and Duhar, Torres. Walker's been an Hicks. unsung hero, by the way. Yeah, the, this the, these last few games. Yeah, he, he's he's played really well, and and I I was a little skeptical when he was like, oh, you know, I signed during spring training and and I got to get my feet up. I was like, okay, like how many at bats does it really take you? But I I think that might be legitimate. I mean, he he didn't really play in spring training, and and now you're kind of seeing like, oh, maybe if he had that month, you know, he he would have done a little bit better earlier. Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox, CeCe Sabathia tonight, who has a 1.39 ERA. Like that does not seem possible, but CeCe's been fantastic so far. He's not gonna be able to keep this up. 
Um, but if he can, if he can continue to pitch well and continue to you know lock down that spot in the rotation, uh, the Yankees are going to be awfully difficult to beat. His last three starts, he has thrown 19 innings and allowed one earned run. He's only allowed two runs total. That's one CC earned. of old. It, yeah, and and he's doing it like actually pitching, right? Like he he had to make that transition from like being able to throw really hard and having a, a nice wipeout slider to like actually having to pitch. And it took a couple of years, but like you're fine seeing him figure it out and really put it together. Um, similar to what Andy Pettit did, by the way. Uh, you know, late in his career, uh, he he had. You know, lost a little bit off his fastball, and all of a sudden he had to pitch. And you know that—that's what happened. That—that's how you extend your career. That's how you do it at thirty-seven or Bartolo Colon at forty-four. And and let's not forget, he went through some things in his personal life. Yep. He seems to be you know healthy now, mentally, physically, and uh, and and this is the result right now. He's been uh, fantastic through the early part of the season. We do need to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk some lacrosse with the four-time All-American Rick Beardsley. He'll be on the call this Sunday. Syracuse Cornell will get his thoughts on the matchup next. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. We're brought to you by Skinny Atlas Small Engine, your premier LS tractor and steel dealer for sales and service. It's today's business as we welcome in our producer, Max Burgandy. What's up, Max? What's going on, guys? Happy Thursday. It's Thursday, actually. thought it was Wednesday for a second. That, no, that off day in the middle of the week really yeah. threw me for a loop. Uh, the weekend's almost here. <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's coming up quick. So today I got a little buy or sell for you guys, and we'll start off. With Matt Harvey's career, is it over, buy, or sell? Uh, buy. Uh, not because of anything off the field, not because of any of the other stupid stories, because the last surgery he had is very difficult to come back from, and, and most people don't come back from that kind of sh- uh, shoulder surgery. And uh, you know what? It doesn't help that he's going to Cincinnati. Um, that is a really tough place to pitch. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be an effective major leaguer again. I'm going to sell that for now, uh, and I'm I don't necessarily disagree with with what Seth said, um, and I wouldn't you know like I at the beginning of the show I said you know put a, a year salary you know on uh, the Yankees winning 100 games I would not put a year salary on Matt Harvey being a, an effective pitcher again, but I, I'm not going to give up on him just yet. He's 29, he's got a fresh start. And it is in Cincinnati. Understood, though. but sometimes a change of scenery can help. Um, I think that was the worst place he could have gone. It's such a hitter's park, and that team is so bad. I mean, that that's doesn't mean he's going to be there for the long term, though. Yeah, um, he gets out of New York, and listen, they needed to part ways. That that relationship had gone downhill and went downhill in a hurry. They didn't want him. He didn't want them. He's got a fresh start, and and again. I, I agree with everything Seth says, other than at 29, I don't know if you can write him off just yet. He was so good. Can he come back? Is he ever going to be that Matt Harvey again? Probably not. Can he be an effective pitcher in the major leagues? I'm not sure. So for right now, I'm going to sell what you said. You said you wouldn't put a year's salary on Matt Harvey coming back, but you would on the Yankees winning 100 games. Would you put a year's salary on the Yankees wins out totaling the Red Sox wins? Buy or sell? I think they're going to win the division, yes. 
I'm not, I'm not <laughs> confident enough to put a year's salary I on mean, it. Yeah, uh, I, if you're asking my opinion, <laughs> yes, I think the Yankees are going to win the division. And again, you know, we pointed out at the top of the show, Max, that that they're doing this against the Angels and the Astros and the Indians and now the Red Sox, and they're going to get series. And you know, coming up, they're going to get some series against lesser teams. And if they can keep playing like this, and you know, you're not going to win 17 of 18 games. You know, by and large, you probably aren't going to do it again this season. Obviously, uh, this is kind of a special run they're on. But if they can win, you know, two out of three, two out of three, sweep a series, two out of three, they're going to rack up a lot of wins against you know bad teams. I, yes, I think they're going to win the division. But no, I don't feel confident enough to to bet a year's salary on it. Seth, you already said you're buying, correct? I, yeah, I I think that they're going to beat the I think they're going to beat the Red Sox in the division. Yes. Do you buy Didi Gregorius as the best shortstop in baseball? No. Who is? Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, uh, Andrelton Simmons. Really? You would put Andrelton Simmons mean, above Didi? The, in, no. I, I don't know above, but uh, on the same plane at the very least. The other two are definitely ahead of him. Um, there are so many good ones. I mean, Manny Machado. Xander Bogarts. Manny Machado's a shortstop now. Uh, Manny Machado's ahead of him. There are so many good ones. I will buy D.D. Gregorius as the best shortstop in the game on social media. Yes. I love his <laughs> yes. emojis. Yes. And I have, uh, I actually, I, I came across like a a list of what uh, each emoji a stands. A key. A yes, key. thank you. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with that word. Uh, I came up with a, a key the other day of what each emoji means. So I have the complete list now, so I will never be confused ever again uh, with his uh, his post-game uh, Twitter rants. Half the fun is trying to... To do it without the key, though. No, I, you I gotta got like the key think now. about the game, and you gotta think like the what volcano, he's trying to say. Yeah. The volcano is Santa. The baby bottle is Glaber. The uh, Santa is CC. I was gonna say my favorite one is CC. <laughs> the, 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 the old grade beard CC Sabathia. Okay, a little tricky one for you here. Not maybe not. I don't know. I thought it was clever, but buy yourself the Sixers winning a championship before LeBron gets another. What if it's the same? What if it is the same? I don't know. <laughs> then you're right twice. <laughs> <laughs> then either one you yeah. pick is accurate. LeBron. I, I mean, LeBron. Because he's in the finals every year. And in order yeah. to win a title, you got to get to the finals. So I'll take the guy who has a has a propensity of getting to the finals. Yeah, I'll take. Look, I'll take LeBron too uh, for that reason. But also, you never know how this is going to break, right? Uh, it, who would have thought? Who would have thought after one finals appearance that you would never see James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and and Kevin Durant in the finals together again? Uh, you know who who would have thought? I, I never would have imagined that. I thought that team was set up for for greatness, and and you know this Sixers team hasn't done it yet. And I think that there are questions. As good as Ben Simmons is, and I, I would vote for him for Rookie of the Year. They were minus sixty three with him on the floor against the Celtics. Yeah. Minus 63. And again, I said this yesterday, Seth, that goes back to Brad Stevens. And I know that Ben Simmons can't hit a jump shot, but the he, way that, that he he defended, the way that he you know strategically defended Ben Simmons in this series, um, again, I don't think Brad Stevens gets enough credit for it. Simmons did not make a shot outside the paint in the series. Five games. Shot I'm, 5 of 24 outside the restricted arc. He did not play well at all. It's terrible. That's that's putting it lightly. He was terrible. I know we always talk about not betting against LeBron in the playoffs, but I have a weird feeling about the Celtics and Cavs series that I think the Celtics might edge it out. And I don't want to go on record like my Purdue take saying they're going to go to the Final Four by saying that the Celtics <laughs> are going to beat the Cavs, but I have a very weird feeling that this is going to be that's hot. a bit tougher. <laughs> 
Well, hang on. Let's go back to this Purdue thing. What were the four teams we were talking about? It, it, Nova was one of them. It was Nova, Nova was Purdue, Kansas, and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was and we were like, yeah, and we were like, the other teams, are, and you were like, which one's a Final Four log? Oh, I think it was Duke. And well, it, it was Duke. Duke. Yeah. It was Duke. Yeah, those were the four. Like, which one's a Final Four log? And we were like, well, Villanova. And you were like, Purdue. <laughs> hey, they... Almost kind of made it. They made it halfway there. And then I said, of the four, Purdue is the one I feel least <laughs> good about. And, yeah. well, you know, it's sure okay. Enough. Seth has gotten in the habit of saying, Steve, you were right. You, you could say it. Steve, yeah. you were right. Okay, good. Uh, buy or sell Ichiro actually not knowing who Tom Brady was. Buy it. <laughs> Did you hear this story, I don't know, Steve? I don't know if I actually buy it, but I want to buy it. I was half listening. <laughs> what did you say? Ichiro not knowing who Tom Brady is actually. Buy or sell. Did you hear this story? I did not. Okay, okay this is so the best story. Peter Gammon's story on Ichiro in The Athletic. One morning in spring training in 2017, Ichiro was in the coach's room looking at his text messages on his phone. Ichiro told the coaches about one text he had just received from a number he didn't recognize. The guy said he'd gotten Ichiro's number from Alex Rodriguez and said he wanted to come meet him and study his stretching system. What's the guy's name? Asked one of the coaches. Ichiro strolled out, scrolled down to the end of the text. Some guy named Tom Brady. Who the bleep is Tom Brady? Um, wow. I buy it. I want to buy it. It sounds genuine. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he could go through life not knowing who Tom Brady I, he is. He lived like a state away from uh, him for three years. This is a this is another story from that article, and I, I like this one even more. Like as good as that story is, I like this one almost almost more. Uh, he said after after Ichiro won the MVP in the 2006 World Baseball Classic, I asked him when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, which language would he use for his speech? He answered politely but off camera and said, quote, Spanish. I swear better than that. <laughs> Gotta love each row. Who Latin. knew that he was such a character? <laughs> Did you see there's a clip going around uh, of him, like, saying something to Bob Costas about, like, Kansas City is hotter than, uh, I don't really think I could say any of the rest of it. No, but I have not go, seen that. Yeah, I'll find it for you in the break. In English? Yes, yes. <laughs> it is amazing. Buy or sell Terry Rosé wine that Drew Bledsoe is going to make. Because he owns oh, a winery. Oh, it's going to happen. He said he was going to do it. He owns a winery. He's making Terry Rosé. Scary Terry Rosé. Are you Rose. asking if we will actually buy it? I, I may, might actually. I may, I I may, may actually buy I it. I may actually buy it. I probably won't, but... You're not a wine guy? Eh, not really. You don't really. strike me as a wine guy. I took beer and wine appreciation at SU. Awesome class. Sounds like it. How, how many credits, Seth? If that's more than a one credit class, then I'm going to question th- your degree. Uh, I think it was only a one credit class. Good. Okay, but it was it was <laughs> that's the whole acceptable it was Steve the whole standards. semester, and it met once a week. I thought you were going to say once all was, semester. I, I was, was like, what did you go out to Fagan's? Multiple hours. It might be a three credit it class if three, be. if you met three hours see, per here's week. The thing. Stephen, you'll you'll appreciate this. Uh, you know this. Uh, we have classes in Newhouse that like are all day, right? And you produce a newscast. So <laughs> what I did was I had that class on Mondays, and it was all day. And you were there from like 8 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night. And then took the beer and wine appreciation class right after that. It's a good so, way to wind down. Yes, it was perfect. There were like seven of us from our class who went and walked across campus to Beer and Wine Appreciation. So we all went and did our newscast and, and heard how terrible it was from our professor and then walked across and, you know, got to enjoy ourselves and get credit. What school at Syracuse University is this class a part of? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it was, a, it was like an arts and science class. Culinary? 
It was an arts and science class. It was in, uh, I don't know the name of the building, but it is the, it is on the quad, on university that's now the promenade, right? It's on the corner um, with university and university. They're both Makes sense. The same thing. Do, you, yeah. do you remember what you got in said class? I got an A. Good. I think I could get an A in that class. I would. My guess is most college would, kids would be able to get an A in that, that class. That might be the only class I have perfect attendance in. It was great. <laughs> it's great. And class. you would be willing to do extra credit. Yes, it was a great class. <laughs> All right, one more uh, timely one since the players' championships teeing off today. Tiger Woods placing top five this weekend by or sell? Sell. Sell. Ah. Until he does it, like I've I've given up on Tiger contending for the time being. Show it to me, and then I, I maybe I'll buy in the future. But it's one of these like Tiger or the field. I mean, you're essentially asking Tiger at the field top five. I mean, that's I didn't say win. I just no, I know, but you're, you're right. Top five. You're right. And just a top five. Eh, just <laughs> just a top five for a guy who struggled as much as he struggled. And I know he's playing better this year, but it's been five years since he last won a tournament. So no, I can't buy that. All right, well, he tees off at 152 today, so we'll see if you're right or wrong. And that's all I got for you guys today. All right, let's take one final time out, wrap up the show right after this on ESPN Radio. Appreciation at SU? Awesome class. Sounds like it. How, how many credits, Seth? If that's more than a one-credit class, then I'm going to question I, your degree. Uh, I think it was only a one-credit class. Good. Okay. But it was, it was, <laughs> the, whole, it was the whole standard. semester, and it met once a week. I thought you were going to say once all was, semester. I, I was, was like, what, did you go down to Fagan's? Multiple hours. It might be a three-credit class. If, three, if you met three hours see, per here's week. The thing. Steven, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Uh, you know this. Uh, we have classes in Newhouse that like are all day, right? And you produce a newscast. So <laughs> what I did was I had that class on Mondays, and it was all day. And you were there from like 8 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night. And then took the beer and wine appreciation class right after that. It's a good so, way to wind down. Yes, it was perfect. There were like seven of us from our class who went and walked across campus to beer and wine appreciation. So we all went and did our newscast and, and heard how terrible it was from our professor and then walked across and, you know, got to enjoy ourselves and get credit. What school at Syracuse University is this class part of? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it was, a, it was like an arts and science class. Culinary? It was an arts and science class. It was in, uh, I don't know the name of the building, but it is the, it is on the quad, on university that's now the promenade, right? It's on the corner um, with university and university. They're both Makes sense. the same thing. Do you, yeah. do you remember what you got in said class? I got an A. Good. I think I could get an A in that class. I would. My guess is most college would, kids would be able to get an A in that class. That might class. be the only class I have perfect attendance in. It was great. <laughs> it's great. And class. you would be willing to do extra credit. Yes, it was a great class. <laughs> All right, one more uh, timely one since the players' championships teeing off today. Tiger Woods placing top five this weekend by or sell? Sell. Sell. Oh, come on, Steve. Until he does it, like I've I've given up on Tiger contending for the time being. Show it to me, and then I. Maybe I'll buy in the future, but it's one of these like Tiger or the field. I mean, you're essentially asking Tiger the field top five. I mean, that's I didn't say win. I just no, I know, but you're, you're right. Top five. You're right, and just a top five. Eh, just <laughs> just a top five for a guy who struggled as much as he struggled. And I know he's playing better this year, but it's been five years since he last won a tournament. So no, I can't buy that. All right. Well, he tees off at one fifty two today. So 
we'll see if you're right or wrong. And that's all I got for you guys today. All right, let's take one final timeout. Wrap up the show right after this on ESPN Radio.